welcome tonight, part two with my friend, Pastor Zach Wessler, Encounter Church, New York. If you missed last week's program, I want to really, really encourage you to go look at the archives on our YouTube channel or on Spotify or iTunes because God just unloaded a bunch of things through Pastor Zach. And so I'm just excited and honored to have you back. And I wanted this was on my heart as we began uh, to, to record this program. It was on my heart to just ask you, because you and I are, are on the same page with this, that when I was um, a younger man, I was going to say a young man, I'm still young. I'm getting younger and younger, yeah. Uh, that I, as I began to encounter the Lord at 18, I've said it many times, the entire trajectory of my life changed and there was a seed put in me where I, I literally have never been the same and I have hungered and thirsted for the reality of God, the reality of everything he had for me, the reality of the supernatural, whatever that looked like. And literally, it, it is not a big deal to me if God's like, fly across the world for one prayer, for one import. Like, if this is what God has for me, I'm in. And one of the things, the question I began to ask the Lord, even as a young man, was this. God, how do I live in a continuous outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Because having grown around the things of God, having grown around, around the body of Christ, a lot of really awesome things came about that. But I did notice something. I noticed something, especially growing up, as probably what would be described as classic Pentecostal. I would observe in people that, or even in the gathered community, there'd be these awesome moments where God would move, hallelujah, praise God. And then maybe a month later, or two months later, it seemed like people had turned the path or the person testifying on a Sunday morning, you never saw them again. And, and, and so my heart was, I don't want to live this for a day. I want to learn how to live a life of power, a life of overcoming. I'm not saying I wanted things easy. Yeah. I just wanted to live. In, I never wanted to go back. And so the phrase that God gave me was, Abner, this is not a revival. We're in a reformation of the church. And I'm going to teach you what that looks like in your life and what it looks like in the body of Christ. And so I believe that we're in a reformation. I believe that you're, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you're in agreement with me. So I want to ask you, what do you think reformation looks like right now for you as an individual, but you're also a leader in the body of Christ and what that looks like in the, in the ministry you started here in Las Vegas and now the ministry you're leading in New York? Loaded question, but the yeah, yeah. floor is yours, Pastor Zach. All right, thanks. I'll try to answer it the yeah. best I can. Um, I definitely believe the wineskin of the church is changing mm. and has been for a while. Mm. And so you look back and you see, you know, fivefold ministry teachings and all this stuff. And um, there's churches, actually, it's, it's interesting, you know, some churches do some things really, really well. And then right. they're really, really bad at the things that are also important. And then you have churches that do some things really, really well, and then they're really bad at what the other churches are good at. And you, it's right. like there's this chasm. You know, you have seeker-friendly churches that really adopt the intrinsic motivational father-given gifts, but they are not open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then you have gifts uh, or churches that are so open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that's their entire framework, and it's like chaos, and there's no structure and order at all. Right. 
And I think it starts, though, with the gifts of Jesus that he gave his church. I agree. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, which are like moms and dads and, and leaders that cultivate, not control. And I think mm -hmm. that's the key. The wineskin of the church is changing because it has to come from leadership to where we are passing Can down. Can I pause here and just yeah. ask you to define how you, how you would define a wineskin? Well, what I'm saying in that, I'm referring to just kind of like the way... Operating maybe, system? Yeah, the way the leadership okay. structure. Yeah. Also the culture that comes out of that structure of the way a dynamic team would flow together, the way that like, uh, you know, even church government and all, I don't want to make it too technical, sure. but just the way the wineskin is shifting. So mm -hmm. you have... Um, you know, people that are leaving denominations. You have people that are uh, churches that are leaving denominations. And there's movements that, that are impacting the world. You know, Bethel Church. And you have movements that are literally bringing a different culture to toxic cultures in the church. And yeah. that's what I see happening. Mm -hmm. is there's a major shift going on where we realize, okay, I'm a leader. I'm not a CEO. I'm created to be a father. That's right. uh, as the church, we're not just an organization. We are family. Mm -hmm. And so there's these things that are happening where our love and value for the platform is turning into a love and value for people. Or our That's love right. and value for power That's or true. position or title is turning into our love for people and functioning in, a, in an anointing, not having a title. Yeah, so yeah. there's a shift that's taken place. That's part of the Reformation. That's right. And we're I learning agree with that. to lead yeah. in love and not get anything in return. I'm not jockeying for position. I'm not trying to work my way up the spiritual totem pole yep. of the local church. I want to have my own ministry and website and come on somebody. Like this celebrity mentality has got to die because yep. the, the, the things that I see happening is you have people that get some success and then they turn into unrelational people that aren't make dis making disciples and, and we all have to guard against this sure. as we have success in ministry. Yeah. And I've noticed in my own life, there's times where the ministry, there's success and I'm like, Lord, slow this down. Cause I still want to know people's names. Hmm. And as I pour into the people that you've given me, I've learned also making disciples is so important. I've got to pour into leaders and that the leaders pour into other people because hmm. I can only relationally function with so many people. But what I see happening is their success and then there's the risk of people adulating leadership. And it's like a type of worship yeah. that will corrupt the hearts of leaders. Mm. And this is why there is an exposing of, and you see people falling. And it's a disgrace, and it's sad, mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart. I don't, there's no condemnation to some of these leaders that sure, have struggled. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a shifting of church culture because there's a new wineskin forming. And I think it's the heart of God for people is, is through the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's affecting the way we understand the gifts of the spirit and the gifts that, uh, you know, that are in Romans chapter 12, the seven motivational gifts, the intrinsic gifts. And so like they're all functioning together harmoniously. It's going from solo to symphony. So something's happening in that realm. And I'm, I feel though I'm a big part of that. I want to write books on it. I want to raise up leaders. Yeah. I want to plant successful churches so that people can model not a wineskin of a fixed structure, because the thing about an old wineskin is an old wineskin is not malleable or expandable. Yeah. So anytime our wineskin is not expandable, it's an old wineskin. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so the form should follow the function. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, yeah, no, I and believe that. That's and a I, part of the Reformation, I, I believe. I always, uh, man, you said a lot there. Sorry. I, no, I, no, it's I, good. You, so a few things that really jump out to me.
um, for me, an ongoing theme, but particularly the last year, has been Ephesians chapter 4. Mm, and when Jesus uh, ascended on high, and he that powerful. first ascended, descended, and he gave gifts to men, which we yeah. know. So these gifts that he gave us, as part of his death, burial, and not just that, but the ascension was yeah. so important. Come on. These are the gifts he gave us. Yeah. The apostle, the sent one. Yeah. Prophet, he spoke the ways of God. Teacher, evangelist, pro proclaimer, pastor, yeah. shepherd. But the point of me saying all that was exactly what you said, and I think we've heard some teaching on it. Um, in a sense, we've, actually we've heard lots of teaching, but often right. it is in this, I don't know how to put it, but um, the better way I, I know how to put it is the reason to me God has emphasized these are so important is because without these ministry gifts, there is no representation and equipping of people to be like Jesus. Jesus was all these. Mm -hmm. And then without these graces functioning yeah. and ministering within the context of a local church, I, I say it like this. You'll have uh, people with the like, the, the, the analogy I can use is, is working out. Your, your chest or your shoulders can be really strong, <laughs> but you haven't developed your lower body. Without the apostle functioning, the apostolic anointing functioning, there'll be something off kilter with people. Without the pastor functioning, yeah. there'll be something off kilter. Right. Without the prophet functioning, there'll be off kilter. Without the teacher who's able to bring precept upon precept, truth upon truth, and break things down, and also give people love for the word, but also give them the ability to explain God for themselves to other people, right. there'll be some deficiency. But, with, but those gifts are not given so that in a sense, we, we, we look at them through a Babylonian lens in a sense of like, okay, they're the really, they're the man and women of God. And, and yes, there's a truth to that, but they're supposed to be fathers and lead like a family, not a CEO, because Paul, we know Paul, you have not many, you, you have not many, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. And the shift for me, even in myself and my, my greatest growth, and is still growing in that is learning to relate to people because I'm very type A, very driven, especially when I'm praying, intercession, like, okay, stick to the point. And then someone is like totally off point and God is going, are you gonna teach, are you gonna, are you gonna come down on them or are you just gonna go, oh, let's, let's push this in the right direction like a good father and, and not control, but help people yeah, move yeah. into that. And so for me, yes, the fivefold ministry is the foundation of the church. But the foundation where people step on to become what God's called them to be. And then before that, though, what's intrinsically important for me as a fivefold leader is this that personhood never precedes purpose. Paul always said, Paul, an apostle. It was never the prophet Nathan, it was Nathan the prophet. Because God never establishes someone in an office before he wants to establish them in their personhood. Now the two merge together, yeah. but my identity is not as a prophet or an apostle. My, my identity comes in how God has created me and, and out of that place, I'm God ordained and my apostleship and my prophet comes out of that place. And because I come out of that healthy place, I'm not using the, the position that God has given me to advance my purpose, but to advance other people's purpose. Mm. And so, yeah. um, 
I think that's part of the reformation of the body Absolutely. of Christ. And I agree one hundred percent. And so in 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 your day to day, just how you relate to people, you talked about the concept of freedom. Can you touch about can you describe to us church planner now taking over another church in the culture that you're trying to create to create freedom for people? exercising the authority that God gave in you, but at the same time, giving freedom to people to do that. Can you give yeah. us a little description of what that looks like? So uh, for me, I think one of the most highly valued things has to be relationship mm. with when it comes to equipping. Yeah. We cannot disciple without relationship. It's impossible. Yeah. And so relationship in that, there is a connection of heart to heart. Mm-hmm. You got to get to know people. You mm-hmm. have to not just go to a leadership meeting, you know. I mean, we're taking yeah, yeah, this yeah. church and, yeah, yeah. you know, they might see us as having the goods, you know. They're right, experiencing right. God and right. message and all that. But we have to sit at a table and talk and relate. There has to be an interchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, that's a huge part because a church is always going to be an extension of the leadership, which is not a bad thing. That's, it has no, to that's be that right. way. It takes on the, I find, or it's not healthy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And people either connect with that heart mm-hmm. of a leader or they don't. And it's okay if they don't. Right. But they have to know the heart of their leader. And, mm-hmm. and it's more than just knowing it through a sermon or whatever. Right. Or ministry or mm-hmm. a way of doing things. So the culture of a church is a way of life. But that way of life is always uh, sprung forth from relationship and that type of setting. So we value discipleship. We value connecting with people. We can only connect with so many people. So sure. we've got to be intentional. Yeah. Do what Jesus did. He prayed and he came down and picked some people. Right. Hey, right. I want to pour into you. Right. Right. Do life with me. I want to walk yeah, with yeah. you. Follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. And so there is a powerful intentionality behind it. And there is, there is something about being a strong leader where you can learn that love corrects, love protects. Love is not passive. Yeah. It's powerful. But it doesn't mean it doesn't equate control. Authority in the kingdom is not control, but right. it's definitely cultivation. Mm-hmm. And so there's a place for that. Like I'm running, run with me. Yeah, you might not want to. I want you to, but we're going. Right, right, and, right. And so I've learned that, and I've, and it takes time. Um, thankfully, the church that uh, that we you know uh, became the senior leaders of the culture and the DNA of the church was very similar. Yeah. So it seemed to be a really good match. It's like when you, in the natural, somebody had a heart transplant, sometimes the body rejects the organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, that hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. and I don't think it will. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and, and so the people have really turned their hearts towards us, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful. They're amazing. And yeah. so there's, uh, there's, there's that. So it's a very interesting dynamic. It's something I've never... We planted this church, starting a coffee shop right. with like 12 adults uh-huh. and a few kids. And then it grew into hundreds. And but um, it's different when you're starting something from nothing. It's mm-hmm. another thing to take 150 people that don't really, you know, know too much about you, and then they're like, "This is my new leader," and you know, right? And so a little different dynamic. There's trust that's learned. Mm-hmm. There's you have to get to know people's hearts, though. That's the key. It's connection. It's relationship. What What is the? I guess I'm curious to know, just at a personal level. And for those watching this, it's been, what, four months, five months now? Uh, since June. Since so, June, yeah. yeah. It's five months. Five yeah. months. What's the biggest lesson that you're learning in this transition? Um, it's a good question. I'd have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. There's all sorts of lessons I learn every day. Um, 
you know, I would say not to question when the Lord gives clear vision, instruction. I've learned, um, and this is a lesson I've learned probably for the last eight years or so, to not apologize for who I am, hmm. period. Yeah. I apologize when I'm wrong, but never apologize for who I am. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the connection of the gift inside of us and it being released to be effective, to impact the grace of God, to impact people's lives and equip them. If I'm not confident, it's like I'm caging that gift. Mm-hmm. So I've no, got to true. treasure it yeah. and steward it and know the immensity of it from heaven yeah. and say, I'm not going to apologize for him because if I'm not confident in what I've carried and what God has given me, it's not going to release. There's going to be no wind, so to speak, or substance. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, okay, I'm your leader now, and we're just going to do this. And then, right. No, there's got to be confidence. There's got to be authority. And I found that if I don't believe it and I say it, there's no substance to it. Yeah. And so as a leader, I've got to believe it, and I've got to live it, and I've got to say it, declare it, and run with it. And so there's a confidence. I, I don't apologize for who I am. Amen. I, I don't apologize. I'm learning to say sorry when I'm wrong. That's important. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I don't apologize for who I am. And not everyone, they, everyone doesn't like who I am. And that's okay. Right. We got to be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And so, and what the Lord's doing right now, we took the church in June. The church has grown. It's amazing. Like mm. what God's doing. The experience of worship, it's just increasing every Sunday. It's like it, there's an outbreak of the spirit, man. It's just, mm. and we're starting to do discipleship, pouring into people, and, uh, and it's absolutely incredible what's happening. There's a synergy. And the church has actually post-COVID grown by like 50% wow, or I think 40% or something. Yeah. It's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Post-COVID. And yeah. so you're talking about people that are just hungry. Yeah. And just ready to see transformation in their region. Mm. And they've really gotten behind it. And so it's been a very interesting journey. But I think the, the receptivity has been substantial and it, we're very honored by it, mm. you know, very, very honored by it. And uh, it's very, there's been a lot of confirmation, a lot of the church is becoming more multi-ethnic because that's who we are. And mm. so there's just, there's an anointing on our lives for that. Mm. Um, it's hard to describe or understand there's more psalmists that are coming because mm. there's an anointing for creating yeah, yeah, a yeah. worship culture. And cause exactly. that's who I am. I'm a worship leader, a senior leader, but yeah. it's, I still do that. That's it's, in your heart. It it's, is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. who you are. You attract what you are. Yeah, I want uh, something you said really jumped out at me, and it's what I've learned in my little sphere of influence, traveling most of the last eighteen years, different nations, mm. and I like to observe. But you said something that is really, really key that I found for leaders. It's like trusting what God has said, following through on that, mm-hmm. and I think that one one of the things I've observed working with church leadership teams and cultures is this, that it is so important, not that you have it all figured out. I'm still, you and I, we're, we know that. We're still constantly on this trajectory of learning what our strength is, learning where the grace of God is. But I have learned that I stick with what God has said to me, and I stay, stay on that course, and I don't deter from that course. And by that, what I mean, I think there's so many great things going on right now in the body of Christ. You mentioned Bethel or different streams that are affecting so many people. But I find where sometimes if you don't identify at least in one way what God's called you to do, one week you're trying to be ark, 
The next week you're trying to be Bethel and then you're confusing people because it's like this mixture. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know. And the most effective ministries and the most effective leaders I have found, it, again, it's not that they help figure out. It, it doesn't mean you can't evolve. I mean, this place has evolved since I've been here. But it's, for me, I know, I couldn't do the 25-minute. That's just, I, I'm not mocking them. I just couldn't yeah. do that. That's not how I've been built. That's not how I've been wired. I've been wired to go for it, to go after it. It's I've not been like I just, I just know, and because of that, I find that there's longevity in that. And yeah, the people yeah. and the mentors in my life that I've seen, and people that I greatly admire, they've never stepped back from the original mandate that God gave them, and it's to to stay that course. Yeah. And I think that in a reformation, uh, you talked about uh, uh, Bethel and things. I think sometimes where we miss it is where we don't identify what we're called to do, and then we try and reproduce models within our own context, but it's not our personality. It's not, I I love, my life was changed when Bill Johnson prayed for me. I love Randy Clark. I love Kenneth Copeland. I love Jesse Duplantis. I love Jerry Seville. I consider Jerry uh, a mentor, but I can't be them, and I have to just, and I, uh, now this comes full circles. I think this is what the fivefold ministry is. I think in the previous model, it wasn't the intention, but it's what happened. In the previous model, it was if there was a certain charismatic leader, whether it was a man or a woman, and they had a school ministry or a church, when you would see their disciples, it's not that you can't carry their DNA. They would all try and replicate that sort of, and it it was like, no, they're not even called to do that, you know? I think I, I see replication, multiplication, and reformation. I see it like this. I, this is the way God taught it to me, and I'll let you speak on it. I'm a Suarez. When I was, um, I think like six years ago, I got this picture of my dad when he was on a farm in Cuba. And it was like him and his cousins, and we rarely have anything from when he grew up because he escaped communist Cuba. He left with nothing. But when he sent this email, he goes, this is the farm I grew up, and that's me at, I think, three or four years old. I didn't have to ask him who, which one was his. I go, that's why, because it looked exactly like me. So I carry my father's DNA. I carry my father's value systems. But my dad hasn't been called into full-time ministry. So I carry his values, but I'm not exactly like him. And I think part of reformation and reproducing and receiving from multiple movements is understanding what your purpose is. And then for me, honoring anointings, I'm constantly listening to honestly, not diametrically opposed, but different sort of spins, different sort of understandings. And I receive, because I go, this is an apostle, this is a prophet. I actually will say, God, this, this year, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was doing a conference in D.C., and I, and I, and I, will, I, I said to them, because I needed what they said, I said, I receive you as a man, and I receive it as an apostle, because I wanted to receive what they had. Now, I'm not called to have their ministry, but I needed yeah. to receive the anointing that was on them. Yeah, so good. So I love it, I, and I think you said it right. Like, it's exhausting to try to be somebody else. It really Exhausting. is. It really is. And and we unfortunately have to unlearn that. And the, when the Lord told us to make disciples, it wasn't about just multiplication. You said the right word. You said reproduction. Yeah. There's a difference. We're not called to make clones. We're called to release people in their unique, unique gift and calling. Everyone has their own flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my own flavor. 
And the rest, and the recipe yeah. is when I cook, it's what I like. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When I make chili, I put my own ingredients yeah, yeah, in it. Yeah, 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 me too. It's when I make taco, chili. yeah, yeah, that's and, good. And, it, and people like my chili better when it's my recipe yeah. versus if I'm trying to emulate someone. And so I glean from other recipes. Mm -hmm. I glean from the larger body of Christ. I glean from different speakers. I love powerful communicators. Right. But I'm not trying to be like someone. And I think as a pastor, I probably spent five, six years uh, in early on in the ministry, unlearning, trying to be like someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, me too. Instead yeah. of just gleaning yeah. and honoring. Right. And then participating in like a grace of like, oh, wow, there can be more confidence and boldness. Right. I got to be me though. And God wants to come and flow through me. He wants to flow through me and, and like with my flavor. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way we're wired. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And so I found that when I'm trying to be somebody else or like some other ministry or model exactly, I can glean from Bethel these different movements, but I'm, we're in counter. Right. And it's just exactly. Who we are. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree. But I think the one thing I'll just touch on multiplication is more about cloning, reproduction is family. And, and what you had stated about you and your dad, and like you look like him, but you're not doing the same thing. Like my kids have. Unique passions. Yeah, yeah. And my job as a dad is not to tell them what to do, but to help them make right choices and get behind their good passions. Mm. The passions that, that are, you know, godly. Mm -hmm. And and like if my son David, which he feels called a ministry. Mm. Um, Beautiful. And, but if he's like, you know, dad, I think I'm going to go into business. I know that I know his heart. I'd be behind it. I'm right. not going to. Well, no, son, you have to take the legacy. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I do feel like that's probably where he's headed. Yeah, right. But any of my kids, I'm behind their passion. I understand. And in church cultures, we have to learn to release people in their unique calling yeah. and in their identity to release their flavor because they're going to get, no wonder we have so many people getting burnt out. Right. Because they're trying to be somebody else. Right, right, it's right. It's a right. recipe for disaster. Right. I, well, okay, looking for the pattern, we started talking about reformation and then something. I've heard you say it in your morning session today, and it's like, it's so like my heart, that the manifold wisdom of God, the multivariated expression might be known by the church to the principalities and powers. And so we started fivefold ministry. I think that this is the heart of God. The fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teachers who are represented of Jesus, in a healthy manner, right. being fathers. To me, I've had my greatest growth. I'm not a father in a natural yet, but my greatest growth has been learning to basically equip people in a fatherly way. Like, you know, we're praying and they start praying about rainbows when we're praying about the president. And I, I can only say like in that moment, you know, I want to go, God, I just want to tell him to be quiet. And God goes, that's not how I would treat him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. but in that, so it's yeah. the fivefold doing that so that the wisdom of God that in this reformation, in this year, season of harvest, in this out, as I believe it's an outpouring, we're not, we're going to miss it unless we reproduce people right. who can go out in mass and do this. And this is my greatest heart. It's Acts 8, verse 8. There was great joy because they were in the city. Yeah. And the great joy of actually bring, because it's what you taught this morning. It's actually having something practical 
to bring to the world around us that is substantive, that is expressive, that is not just, man, I, I'm with you, man. I've, I've had experience with the Lord, three days, fire of God, all this stuff. I, God has opened my eyes. I might talk about it, something tonight. So all this stuff, but to me, it's got to be practical. I have to have, I, can, I see Jesus pretty much every day all this stuff, but it's got to make, like, I can say that, but if I don't love people, if I don't help people, if I don't, if I don't, if, if I'm not living something different, then it's, there's something off. It's just religious, yeah. you know, and I'm not interested in that. Yeah. So I think that we're in this reformation where it's the will of God that the fivefold would do that and yeah. be a fathering family. I agree. So I, I see the Lord doing a couple things and yeah. two things that are on my heart. If you don't mind, I'll just, no, go. That are yeah, that's why that. I said it. Yeah. Like, uh, I see people valuing not just the gathering on a Sunday. Yes. I think that having a community to be a part of is so important. Yes. Um, and, and it's not about being under leadership. It's about being connected. Yep. I don't even like the word, you know, mm -hmm. covering, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, pastors. If you leave this church, I'm removing my blessing. Right, right, yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's just ignorant, right, know, right. dominating leadership control and unbiblical stuff. Yeah. Because what we're called to do, like Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Mm -hmm. We're called to cultivate, not control. I see it as like a picture of a tree. And young trees sometimes need posts next to them to keep them strong, to yep. grow healthy mm -hmm. in the right direction. Yes, we Lord. are the posts yeah. as fivefold ministers. Yeah. And so we're cultivating, we're not controlling. That's a huge part of the Reformation. Yep. The other thing that I see is embracing the fullness and so when we talk about that, we talk about like, I see it this way, that you have the gifts of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, which by the way, Paul talks about the mystery of the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Every part doing its share, mm -hmm. not just the fivefold functioning harmoniously, but the body. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Every part does its share, yeah. edifying and love. And then, so you have all the gifts of the spirit, nine gifts. Then you have the fivefold ministry gifts of Jesus, the mm -hmm. ministry gifts. Mm -hmm. Then you have the gifts of the Father, the activities and the intrinsic motivational gifts in Romans 12, which he also talks about the body of Christ. Yeah. In each of those passages, Paul uses the phrase, the mystery of this, the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's but right. You have the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We have to embrace the fullness of who God is to fully express that manifold wisdom. And I want to read the scripture because yeah. it ties all yeah, of that yeah, together. Yeah. This is amazing. First Corinthians 12 says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the 12 gifts. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. That's the fivefold ministry. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God, that's the Father, yeah, yeah. who works all and in all. That is an embracing of the gifts of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So you have churches that they're really good at the motivational gifts. They're structured. They're dynamic in that way where everything's in order. But they don't even know anything about the third member of the Godhead. They don't know how to host the presence, the manifest presence. Their worship sounds great. Mm -hmm. The sound is perfect, but there's no wind on it. Mm -hmm. We need to embrace the fullness of the Godhead. Yeah, yeah. And that forms a culture because what we end up doing is we end up manifesting a limited culture, a limited yeah. expression yeah, of that's God what I in believe. the earth yeah. if we don't embrace all of it. And we need the fivefold ministry gifts. Right. And every gift giver, the manifestation of that gift looks like the member of the Godhead. Yeah. Jesus gives what? People. That's because right. Because he's God in the flesh. Yeah. And that's his gift to the body to equip it. Yeah. I would say this too, lastly. Ephesians 4 is brilliant, but if you look back 
And we always talk about equipping the saints, but we think that's the priority of the church. I don't think it is. I think the priority or the primary purpose of the church is in Ephesians 2 at the end where Paul says, you are being built together, fitly framed mm-hmm. together as living stones yep. to be a dwelling place for God in the spirit. When we prioritize the presence, yep. it becomes an oasis where we come, become this healthy representation yeah. of Jesus on the earth. And that reformation comes about in the, in the best possible way mm. where we're embracing the father gifts in Romans 12, Ephesians 4 gifts of Jesus, and then the gifts of the spirit mm. in First uh, Corinthians 12. Well, so all of those things to me amen. are so vital. Mm, that's beautiful. I don't know if that makes sense. But. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, two things jumped out at me. We can land the plane, and I definitely want you to pray. Um, one of the thoughts that's jumped out to me in this season, shutdowns, everybody's got an opinion, especially on social media and the body of Christ, yeah. arguments, different things that... I, I think just grieve the heart of God, but it's this. If God's people will relate to God correctly, God will do his part and we can shift the world. Yeah. And then the second thing is here, and it was what you're saying, it just resounded in me. Maybe about a month ago, I was just hanging out with the Lord, you know, as it is. And I just felt how much God loves his people, and the body. And the Lord began to speak to me, and he spoke to me over the years, many years, uh, over the years, different ways about this subject, and it's this. He said, I view the body even differently than the criticism that our own leaders give about the body. And what I mean by that, it's, it's, it's really, it, it, I'll go back to maybe five years ago, six years ago, I was getting ready, and the Lord speaks to me, he said, I don't have any other plan except the church in the earth. Come on, bro. And it was like, he goes, he goes, I don't have plan B. Yeah, yeah. And it just jumped out to me that it's so like, it's kind of popular to dig at the church these days. And I'm not saying you and I are both strong. We can say things and point out, but I'm saying there's, there's a criticism that's sponsored by religion that it's like, beating us up in all the places we we can easily see with our natural eyes what needs upgrade but if the people of god will align with god properly that's right he will do what he's told us to do and then the other side is this god he said i'm really pleased with my people in this season i'm really pleased with the posture they're taking i'm really pleased and he said don't believe the hype of how bad you guys are doing he goes because i'm really proud of my people and I said that to our prayer group one night. I was like, God is really proud of us. Even, even where I feel like, you know, like we've, I'm not talking, I think there's, I think people understand this. I'm not talking about like blatantly heretical, but even like when we're doing our best and we pray the most unfaithful prayer or something, he's just like, I kind of, I really enjoy that attempt right there. <laughs> you know, I really like that attempt that you're, you're doing everything you can yeah. to please me. And there is no other plan in the earth except the body of Christ. Like, it's, it's easy to go, we could do this wrong, we're bad with race, we're, you know, the most divided place and this and that. And there's a little bit of truth to that, but I think the enemy runs with that to, I, I don't know, it's just a lot of times the criticism doesn't lead anywhere. 
So I'm interested in, yes, this is a deficiency in the body of Christ, but what is my role in making the body of Christ become everything it's been created to be? I, I love that language, and I could talk for hours about what you just said. Well, just said, talk a little more than that. Yeah, no, I'm you can. Gonna, yeah, anything that say, stirs in you, yeah. I would say this, Jesus loves his bride. Yeah, that's right. And if we captured his eyes for his bride, well, hmm. I, yeah. Like, I remember the moment my bride, my wife, mm. walked down the aisle over yeah. 21 years ago, mm. and her beauty just captivated me. Mm. And there was not any regret in my heart or any hesitation in my heart That's good. for who I had chosen. Thank you, Lord. And she comes down, and everyone did what they normally do. They stand up, and they honor the bride. Mm. One time in worship, I had this image and, I, and, and then I saw people booing and throwing stuff at the bride. That's right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And, Whoa. and it mm. was like the Lord says, imagine if they did that to your bride. Mm. And I thought about it, like, what if people bashed my bride and booed my bride? Mm. And how it grieves the heart of Jesus when we bash the body and the bride of Christ. Right, and right. so for me, it took me on this whole other good. journey of like, wait a minute. We have been chosen to, to become this glorious bride. And so you have lots of anti-church stuff. And if mm -hmm. it's anti-church, it's anti-Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because Jesus is, loves his bride. That's right. And Jesus said, I'll build my church, and the power mm -hmm. of hell won't prevail against it. Mm -hmm. So if we're prevailing against the church or we're coming against the church, maybe we're coming against Jesus. We are. And there is a, a power. Now, I believe that the Reformation, like, People need to be healed from domineering leadership. Yeah, all that. I agree. Like, yeah. no, we're not saying we got it all together. Yeah, yeah, they need yeah. to be free from silly theologies like, well, we meet on Sundays because it's the sun god. Mm -hmm. No, that's silly hogwash and really bad history. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with that. They met on Sunday because it's the, the day our Lord resurrected. Mm. It's, it's the first day of the week. And that, the early church did that early on. And so you have uneducated stuff and silly, and people are just hurt and mavericks. And right. God wants the, the mystics, the mavericks, and the misfits to come home and be a part of that fitly framing together. Yep. Yeah, talk to the, the, the living temple. Yeah, yeah that's what and, he's talking so about. there's like, that needs to happen. But I think for me, what set me on, when we planted the church, Back in 2009, starting a coffee shop, it grew rapidly. We're doing outreaches. Then we found ourselves, we're the cave of Adullam. And literally, a lot of the people that were there just hurt and mm -hmm. wounded. And God taught us how to love. Mm. And he taught us how to view his people in a different light and view the body. I used to say things about the bride um, that were disgraceful. And I thought it was in the name of revival. And right, yeah. The body, the bride mm -hmm. needs to repent. She's wearing lingerie. Right, on right. a wedding dress. And right, like, right. Shut up. Yeah, and God you can know? see under the dress. He, you know, yeah. he might see you like a bride, but he knows what's under there. Right. You know, you like know? weird stuff. And I, I get the intent of trying to expose because we need the light of God to expose. But that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. The light of right. God exposes because it brings healing. Yeah. But I, after that vision I had in worship of my bride walking down the aisle, it changed the way I saw the body of Christ. I will never see it the same. Mm. And so I've always thought, and what you just said, I thought of Ephesians 5, the washing of the water of the word. Mm. Jesus, the, he loves his bride. When he told you, the church is my only plan. Mm -hmm. And what did he say? He said, I'm so pleased with my people. That's mm. the washing of the water of the word. Mm. We need to speak in honor with our words 
and release grace upon the body of Christ and, and see that, yeah, God has chosen his people to display that manifold wisdom of God. And mm -hmm. there's elements of healing, restoration, reconciliation. There's no perfect church. Like, we know right, that. exactly. It's a community, though. And I hope that more churches are planted and, and reproduced to where they're healthy church cultures yeah. that host the presence of God. Because yeah. there's some people, they just can't find a church home. Right. And it's sad. Yeah, yeah. And so they do whatever they need to do. They fellowship, and that's that's okay, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I believe that the part of the Reformation is you're going to see healthy church plants. You're not going to see the opposite. You're not gonna, people. Oh, millennials are leaving the church. Right. No, they're just meeting in homes. Yeah. And and that's, that's going to change. Yeah, that's going to change. And and I don't believe that. Oh, maybe in America you see a church attendance decline, but not in other countries. No, it's not happening. It's the opposite. I mean. Of course, COVID changes it, right? but that's different. You know, uh, that's going to change too. But I love what you expressed about just loving the bride and God, how God feels about his people. It's beautiful. I want to close with one story then I have you. I, well, I won't tell you how to press. I saw you praying into something, but I was in Switzerland. It's been like a year and a half ago, the last time I was there. And the year before I had taught, they had had a conference and then this time was a smaller school that I was in for the same ministry. And the first year I was there, it had been like a year that I came back, the, the couple that was on the team, uh, they had had a, a baby. So he had just been born then. So I get there the next year and they're like, hey, little guy's bigger. And, and I was like, yeah. And it's like, oh, he's about a year old and he's starting to walk. I said, oh, cool. So I remember like, maybe the first or second day of the school, they're like, watch, Jason's starting to walk. And I'm watching during this break, this little, cute, little, beautiful baby boy. He's walking with their help. But they're going, he's walking. They're like, look after, he's walking. And the Lord speaks to me and he says, that's how I view when my children take a step towards me. I'm not beating them up because they're not running yet. I'm cheering the steps they're trying to make towards me that I'm helping them through. So good. And I think that's where we're at. When you were saying what you were saying, I literally saw a child learning to walk. Mm. Like, I mean, before this. Whoa. Before you just gave that illustration, I literally saw a toddler learning how to walk. And yeah. And that's how I feel like the heart of God is, I'm so pleased with my people. Yeah. So that's amazing. That Why don't you pray just for the global church? Yeah. And I also feel like it's a prophetic prayer for you because I believe in the next five years for you, international doors of opportunity and influence are going to come for you. And I just see um, a very specific angel who's been assigned to you to release to you favor in nations with specific leaders, networks, some will be church planning, but it'll start as just places of influence. And out of that place of influence, the Lord will give you a vision for specific regions and places of the world. Wow, wow. Mm. Powerful. So good. You know, you mentioned Switzerland. I know nothing about the country, but I've heard that over and over and over. Switzerland, Switzerland, Switzerland. Like at some point, I know I'll be there to start some fires, some mm. good fires. So... Uh, I receive that. Thank you, man. Amen. Do so you want me to pray into that? Yeah, just Bless. pray whatever okay. the Lord gives you. All right, sounds good. And I Come just on. want to say this right before Pastor Zach prays. Yeah. 
One of the things we've learned on this program that I've learned uh, years ago from Oral Roberts, there is no distance in prayer. So wherever you are right now, just make a point of contact. If you need to put your hand on your iPad, your iPhone, your computer screen, just put it there. And if you're in this auditorium, God's going to just minister to you. There's an impartation for you right here. So good. Yeah. Come on. Uh, If you're watching, as you're watching, just come on, lift your hands. Those of you that are here, lift your hands up. Let's pray in our prayer language right now. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in the global, larger body of Christ. We thank you that people uh, may see something that is failing or set back. Lord, we don't see a a valley of dry bones. We see an army of the living God. And we thank you for the wind of the spirit that's resurrecting, reforming. We see things coming together. We see an army rising up in the The earth. And Lord, we come against that mocking spirit. And Lord, thank you. I even declare that uh, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And we declare silence from that mocking spirit, Lord. We thank you the world will display and not do the right thing the wrong way, but do the right thing the right way and display the love of God in the earth like never before. We declare walls to come down. We declare ethnic walls, denominational walls, traditional walls come down in Jesus' name. We declare cross-pollination and the beauty of the eclectic, diverse body of Christ to be a living expression of who Jesus is in the earth. So we say yes, and we turn and surrender our hearts to you, Jesus, who is Lord, King, and the the overseer of our souls. Mm -hmm. You're the shepherd. You're the pastor, the head of the church. And so we look to you and we thank you, Lord. I thank you for every person. And I pray right now, specifically those that have been wounded Mm -hmm. and hurt in communities of faith. Mm-hmm. whether it's leaders or other people, but Lord, we thank you that there is healing and there is newness and renewal. I declare a new chapter and I pray for the wounds of betrayal or the wounds from domineering leadership. Lord, we spiritually wash the feet of every person that has been hurt by other saints in the faith. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for radical forgiveness and love and reconciliation And may the glory of God be displayed in the beauty of that unity and that reconciliation. I speak healing, blessing, and a new fresh fire and fresh eyes to Mm -hmm. see the bride of Christ the way Jesus sees his beautiful Mm. bride. We agree. In Jesus' name. And the Lord says that there's uh, Daniels. This is the season of the Daniels in the earth where the things that are in the realm of secrets are being revealed to God's people. Mm so that uh, nations can shift and it will cause the saving of many. And the Lord said, I have um, seen this season, I've seen it fit to release unknown jewels to my people so that they could hear, know, and I see the people of God carrying jewels. This will be a season where the people of God carry the jewels and uh, they've always carried it, but there's this unawareness of the jewels that they are, (coughs) excuse me, and the jewels... (coughs) that they carry for the purposes of God. And the Lord says the dry bones will live. And there's a sound. There's a sound that's always resounded in heaven for particular seasons in history. But that sound is being heard because there'll be a people that position themselves correctly. And I don't know why. I saw the, the, the earth turn upside down. And the Lord says... 
that this will be a season in the earth where the people of God will be known like the primitive church. They turn the world upside down. And so, Lord, fill fill cities. Let let your people be accused of what they were accused in the earlier church. They have filled this city with the doctrine of Jesus. We ask it for Las Vegas. We ask it for the nations of the earth. We ask it for the United States of America. For the sake of your great, great name and for the honor of your name. And Lord, I ask as a leader in the body of Christ, according to Acts 13, that we, like David, would serve the purposes of God for our generation and then we would transition. Lord, we receive the call and the grace of God to fulfill the call. And I, Lord, I thank you that you are pleased with your people and that you are, I just see like an army of people walking together as one. And Lord, I, I bless bold and righteous leaders right now watching this, strengthening them in the power of the might of Jesus. No give up, no quit, but keep their eyes on the high call. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. I feel like there's people that are going to watch this or maybe right now. Well, they're not watching live, but um, I feel like uh, there are people that have felt like quitting and they've been, they feel called to ministry. I just want to pray. Yeah. 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 Go hold it. If there's people watching right now that have felt like throwing in the towel, I just speak life. Thank you, Lord. I speak rest Mm -hmm. and rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. And I speak reorientation to the direction of their heart. Yep. And Lord, maybe there's something that has crept into where they are just totally discouraged. Mm-hmm. But I pray that they would reorient their heart like Psalm 73. Whom do I have in heaven but you, Lord? Yes. There's none on earth I desire besides you. And all of the things that distressed the psalmist, he said, it was until I went to the sanctuary hmm. that they began to just fade. And so I pray right Marababa now for those karabaya. that are weary and discouraged, and I declare life to your calling. The gifts and calls of God are without repentance, mm-hmm. and his anointing abides in you. Steward it, call it forth. I declare a new season in the name of Jesus for those that are stepping into that. Mm. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor Zach. Zach, it's been a privilege having you on these two programs. It's been amazing. I know it's life-giving for the two programs. I encourage you, if you didn't watch last week, be sure to catch uh, the replay on that. Zach, how can people connect with what you're doing? Yeah. Website, social media. Yeah, Tell so, us about Revival Me. Yeah, so our, uh, yeah, it's the sticker I have on here. That's our main website that directs to the church and the other things that we're doing. So okay. revival.me. Yeah. So it's just revival. Dot M-E. Uh, and uh, and, and so do you have room us, to add friends on Facebook? I actually have maybe 20 spots. Okay, or so. 20 yeah. spots. Yeah. Get your spots <laughs> before this man gets right. more well-known. Yeah, but we'd love to connect with you. Yeah, this yeah. will not be the last time, but thank you for being on a program. That's how people can connect with you. And thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, you can uh, just always a privilege that people spend their time to receive from this ministry. Thank you, partners and friends who, who make these broadcasts the reality, their backbone of what we do. If you feel connected to what we're doing, I always encourage you to prayerfully consider partnering with us. We're believing God for 300 partners, so maybe God has called you to be one of them. Thank you very much. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious with you to you and grant you shalom. Thank you for joining us tonight.